Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio. I'm Anthony. And I'm Amy. And together, we talk about applying God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. It's our hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. Welcome once again to Grace Grace and and Peace Peace Radio. (laughs) And I am your host, Anthony. And I am Amy. And we are delighted to be back in the saddle. Back in the saddle is right. Yeah, it's been been a while since we've done, I mean, we had obviously last episode, episode 100, this is 101, and mm-hmm. here we are, a whole new century of episodes, or something. Something. I don't know. I don't know, it sounds century, that's... But here we are. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> we are, uh, nothing's changed, you see. Nothing you at know? all, still stumbling through. That's right, but... Uh, but no, we're we're glad to be back, glad to be with you. Um, not to fill up the whole episode with, you know, the what's going on with us stuff, because that's not, that doesn't really serve you at all. Uh, but just to give you some updates, like where you been? <laughs> uh, so I started an MBA program, because, and you say, why? Didn't you just finish an MDiv last year? Yeah, <laughs> I did. But here's the thing. I'm old. I'm 51. And I've got, I still got to work till retirement age. So the MBA in my IT field, that's pretty much going to help me kind of stay current, relevant, whatever. Uh, Relevant in the correct sense of the word. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Until, until retirement. So that's the plan. That's kind of the, so that's why I got that. And, and actually it's funny because I always wanted to do an MBA anyway, mm-hmm. so it's been kind of nice. Uh, You've really been enjoying I've it. I've enjoyed it. And so I had the finance class, which is the hardest class of the program. And by the way, every term is seven weeks. Which so, is ideal for him, would kill me. Yeah. So <laughs> I started in July and every, no, May, May. Sorry, May. Yeah. And every class is seven weeks and I'm taking two classes at the same time while working full time and everything else. So... But it's been uh, it's been crazy busy. Finance was really difficult. I was working like between work and school. I was doing like 60, 60 hour weeks, and uh, but the Lord got me through. That's pretty much the theme of everything, right? That's the theme of our lives. The Lord got us through. Absolutely. And uh, so, and that's pretty much what heaven's going to be, right? We're all going to be sitting around saying the Lord got us through. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then I started this next group of classes, which is accounting and project management. So I've just been really busy, you know, yeah. trying to focus on all those kind of temporal things that have to happen while we're in this world. And the podcast just had to take a back seat. I just didn't have the time to put stuff together and Well, it would have whatever. been a, a pressure you didn't need at the moment while yeah. you were trying to yeah. acclimate to a yeah. new schedule, which really it is. It's a whole new schedule mm-hmm. from and, now till March. Right. And, uh, and I'll say one more thing about the NBA and then I'll get into one other topic. What's been really cool too about the NBA is, uh, and I don't know if I'm enunciating, but no, I'm five foot seven. So I did not join the NBA <laughs> to play basketball. Right. MBA. Anyway, um, but it's been fascinating to see God's glory in numbers, 
even the finance class, as difficult as that was, to see to see the math laid out and how to figure some of these things out it, it, and these complex calculations, you know, and I'm, it wasn't even difficult calculations for me. It was, but, um, it wasn't even like quote unquote higher math, but right. even so the Lord owns all that. He created all that. He, you know, that's all from him. And it God's was just fascinating. Order. Exactly. So it was, it was neat to see. So I, I appreciated that. And, so that's one thing. You know, the other reason we, we haven't been around, I know, well, at least for me, been very busy with that. But then really, to make a long story short, we ended up leaving our old church. Mm-hmm. And the church we were at for about a year and a half. And there were a couple of reasons for that, um, which maybe we'll get into at some point, but maybe not. not I don't know. Not necessarily important right now right exactly and um but one of those just had to do with distance and you know all that so but anyway there was just this just this period of transition Mm -hmm. and so we just kind of needed to chill we did kind of regroup yep and uh so that was it so anyway we are back and we are thrilled and and hope that you're doing well and uh Trust what we know. I I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that if you are the Lord's, no matter what your situation, he's been taking care of you. Absolutely. So I know that, and I thank the Lord for his care in your life. and His faithfulness. His faithfulness in your life. And as always, if you have a story of God's faithfulness and just what he's been doing in your life or whatever, feel free to email us, show at graceandpeaceradio.com. You know, it's not that this show is about us. It's about the Lord. And we love hearing stories of how God is taking care of people. And it's encouraging to us. People. Yeah, it's absolutely encouraging to us. Yep. So. so that's been kind of the latest and greatest with me slash us. And mm-hmm. Amy's been faithful, the faithful wife and helpmate Aww, through that you. whole process. So I thank you for that. Well, you're very welcome. It's it's fun to see you back learning again. That really is your forte. Me do like learning much. <laughs> you smart man. <laughs> uh, anyway, on that note. <laughs> on that note, Amy, you had something you wanted to talk about this week. What's going on? I did. This is going to be a book review. Uh book I recently finished and I just really wanted to share it it's it's a great book I think it could really help women Uh, the name of the book is who needs a friend when you can make a disciple and the subtitle is two women's journey to biblical excuse me biblical friendship and who wrote it Uh, Barbara enter and Gina Weinman and it's part of Shepherd's Press um, the design and the editing was with our friends at Great Writing. So mm-hmm. who uh, edited my book? Right, and exactly. The cover for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I guess in full disclosure, let me just say this because I, I probably should disclose this. I got this as a free copy when I worked the Shepherd Press table at the Shepherd's Press conference mm-hmm. or Shepherd's Press conference, Shepherd's <laughs> conference, John MacArthur back in March. Mm-hmm. So. 
while this was a free copy and while I did work for Shepherd Press, I'm not, you know, th- this is just genuinely because you like it. Yeah, honestly, know? I didn't, that never even crossed my mind. Yeah, it was so, just one of the books you brought home. I was all excited about it. Yeah. So this it, isn't like for a, re- they didn't give it to me to review it. No. They just gave it to me because I was going to buy it for you anyway. And he's like, look, just take it. So yeah. um, anyway, buy so, it, don't buy it. That right. has nothing to do with me. Just, just wanted to be open about it. No, I'm glad you did said that. Cause like I said, I never even crossed my mind. So what I what I thought the book was going to be um, was kind of a how-to on discipling a woman or being discipled. It is that of sorts, uh, but it really became a rather eye-opening look at women's friendships, Christian women's friendships, and the vital and more critical role of discipleship. And I really learned a lot. Um, To give you a better definition, just bring it right from the book. Page 13. Bear with me here because this really is important and this really sets the tone for the whole thing. We, meaning authors, have observed more often than not when women come to a new church, they seem to be on an endless search to find a friend so they can feel apart or feel connected. As Christian women, we often go about finding a friend in the wrong manner. Based on common interests or similar season of life, we seek out the one special friend at church. We look for someone who will help us feel a sense of belonging. While that is not wrong, there is a better way to find that special friend, the friend who sticks closer to you than a brother. Proverbs 18.24. This hit me between the eyes because that's exactly what I do. You know, whether I realized it or not, you know, consciously, I'm looking for a buddy. And what the authors say here is that there's a better way, a more biblical way, to when we come to a church or even the church that we may have been in for years, different way of looking at it is that uh, often we tell we meaning them tell young women you are a part so do your part and then you will feel a part meaning of the of the church a part of your part within the church is developing discipleship relationships i can see that i mean obviously this is not my area of expertise, but it reminds me of from the work world and careers and goals, the old idea that, you know, how do you, how do you turn an aircraft carrier? Well, it has to be moving. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's the same sort of thing. So you get that to, to be, to do something, to, to, to get movement. Or for instance, if, someone's lazy one of the things that biblical counseling talks about is start moving right start small start with one thing but Mm -hmm. move that starts a second thing and a third so there's this Mm -hmm. you know not to mix the metaphors but this chain reaction the point being it sounds very similar to that that well or the old saying that uh you know to to make a friend you've got to be a friend right and you need to be open it's it's a lot of what uh 
what they're saying here is, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but it's in context, is don't necessarily have a preconceived idea of who you will disciple or who might be discipling you. Because what the Lord puts in front of you, who I should say the Lord puts in front of you, may not look like what's in your head. And that reminds me of the whole thing about finding a spouse. Exactly. You know, when we're single, we have this idea of, I want my spouse to be just like me, or I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I have this idea of the spouse, and the Lord's like, no, 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 no. And I remember hearing Paul Washer say this, um, I was listening to one of his sermons or one time or teachings about marriage, that God's going to give you the person who's opposite you oftentimes in so many ways mm-hmm. to sanctify you. Absolutely. And so it kind of reminds me of that, that the person that ends up discipling you or that you end up discipling may be completely different than the preconceived idea that you had. Mm-hmm. Well, it really is iron sharpens iron. It's not marshmallows sharpen marshmallows. Right. <laughs> you know, I, that's kind of dumb, but it, there, there really is something to that um, complementing each other through differences. Mm-hmm. So obviously it's, it's biblical. It's in verse first Timothy. I couldn't tell you what verse, but older women are to mentor, disciple the younger women. And Timothy talks about the same thing with older men to younger men, mm-hmm. etc. But there's also times, and, and it's discussed in the book, when a younger woman can disciple an older woman. And it might just be a circumstance, you know, that the younger woman has maybe more knowledge of. Could be that the younger woman's been a believer longer than the older woman. I know early on in, in after my conversion, I knew nothing. I mean, I didn't know the Bible. I knew all the Bible stories, but I didn't know the Bible. Anyway... I was open to whomever wanted to feed me and guide me in that. Well, it's like Paul said to Timothy, not to have them despise your youth. There you go. Number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, actually just recently uh, I saw a friend of ours posted something on Facebook about corporate singing in church. And the whole mm-hmm. idea is that the younger are encouraged by the senior singers yes. and the older people get encouraged when they hear the the younger generation sing. So there's this mutual edification and encouragement that goes on in corporate worship or should. Mm-hmm. And if it's given the freedom to do that. Right. Uh, but anyway, that's a whole nother story. But the point is the same that with that intergenerational mm-hmm. discipleship. Seriously important. It really is. So what we tend to do as women, and I'm including myself in this, is we naturally tend to look to women in the same life cycle as ourselves, similar age, background, interests. What these authors teach is that they themselves have vastly different backgrounds, vastly different interests, and they're about 20 years apart in age. So they're in completely different seasons in life. Yet, they started out as disciples, and over the years, they have become friends, sort of in spite of those things. Um, 
what we forget is that fellowship is biblically something beyond food, coffee, and social time together. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Those are good things. We look forward to those things. But it's not the whole thing. Um, what our commonality should be is that we're, we're striving to pursue Christ and pursue godliness. And, and that needs to be the central. That's, that's the, the thing I have in common with the other woman. No, I like that. I like that a lot. So again, God works through ordinary means. Uh, pairings are not necessarily what you would envision. We talked about that. So throughout the book, which I found interesting and, and helpful, and as God usually does, timely, for at the moment I was reading the book, while discussing discipleship, various other biblical truths are reinforced. So just some examples, importance of prayer, importance of Bible reading, um, which also includes continually striving to grow in Christ. It's not about us, it's about Christ. So the disciples are not for us, they're for God's kingdom. Um, when you say the disciples, you mean the times of discipling? Or what? Uh, those, I mean, those, thank you. Those that I would disciple, they're not there for me. They're not there to... Okay, so you really did mean it as the disciples. Okay, yeah, I got it. I got yeah. It. I got it. Okay. Um, I'm just so not used to hearing that phrase. I know, I know. It's kind but, of odd. But it makes sense. But yeah. 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 And then forgiveness. Um, even a, a section there on handling grief, which I thought was exceedingly helpful. So the bottom line is discipleship supersedes friendship. Yeah. So the goal is the discipleship. But generally what happens, and I have experienced this once I actually stop to think about it, it will develop into friendship. Mm -hmm. Well, and again, right, I'm bringing this into my world. I've seen this where with, with men and also with both sexes together. Uh, as couples? Just in or a just room. just in general. Yeah, just okay. in general, you mm -hmm. know, at a small group or whatever. The idea of fellowship. Men might get together for, say, fellowship, but they're talking about sports or mm -hmm. they're, you know, even if it's like a fishing trip or something, it's just guy Christian guys doing something together. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is true in small groups. You know, we're getting mm -hmm. together for fellowship and it's just people getting together to do something, to, to, to watch a movie or to go to some park or whatever. But what never happens is they never get around to spiritual things. Right. I'm not saying like all the time this never, ever happens. I'm just saying right. that but a there lot are of the times, time. yeah, there are times where you never get beyond that even to... So what you know? What do you so what are you reading in the you know what, where are you at in the Bible or whatever? So you, yeah, you can. There are times of fellowship or getting together, but they're not disciple making. They're not strengthening. They're not encouraging. They're not iron sharpens iron mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. And holding each other accountable. Right. Hey, so, how are you doing with your anger? How are you mm -hmm. doing with your 
whatever. Right. No, that, that's exactly it. Yeah, so it definitely happens on both sides of the aisle, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, so some, some points that um, I would just like to point out. Uh, in discipleship, you're being biblically honest with one another. It's done in love, uh, but it's done firmly. So you're not, in essence, being loving enough to call out sin, and not just call it out, but to discuss it biblically. How do you handle it biblically? What needs to change in your life to handle it biblically and to not be doing that sin? And being uncomfortable about it. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'm terrible at that. If it's an uncomfortable conversation, it takes a lot for me to get to that and actually say it and work with it because I don't like being uncomfortable. But this is what the Lord calls us to do, both in telling someone and calling out sin or pointing something out, as well as taking it, receiving, if some, it. receiving it when someone is pointing out something that you know is not what you're supposed to be doing or thinking or reacting. So it's walking alongside one another. So not only instructing verbally, it isn't just Bible study kind of thing, although that's part of it, but it's also instructing visibly, living, living your lives and seeing each other live your lives mm-hmm. for Christ. I think in that regard, too, there's also this idea of discipleship, in a sense, can happen across the room, which is unusual to think about. What I mean is, you know, you're talking about in other ways. How do you how do you view maybe your 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 spiritual mentor, your your older brother, older sister in Christ? How do you view him or her across the room when you see them interacting with people? Or mm. I'll give you a, an example. Um, you know, the idea that you see, do you, for example, do you see your the, your mentor, the person who's discipling you, just walk past something that's, you know, look at something uh, that, that's, you know, or food or whatever that's on the ground at, at the church supper or the trash that needs to be taken out or whatever, and or you're at their house and how they interact with their spouse or whatever the case is, and just say, huh, that's interesting. Or do you see from across the room that he or she just bent down and cleaned that up? Nobody saw that they did that, but mm-hmm. you and the Lord. Or mm-hmm. that they noticed that the trash was full, so they took the trash out and that sort of thing. So those are other ways that I've seen that. And me personally, I've been impacted like, that's what a godly person needs to do. Absolutely. That's what I need to do if I want to be godly. It's those good deeds and, you know, those little things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we can definitely learn those things from one another. Yeah. Uh, we had talked about, you know, not having a profile in mind for who you're going to disciple or who might disciple you. Be open to who whomever God puts in front of you. Uh, now, while you need to be open to whoever the Lord's putting in front of you, they give a warning about discipling someone, making sure you're discipling someone who is pursuing godliness 
and not pursuing or practicing sin and wants you to validate that really. Yeah. And when you say discipling someone, obviously we're talking about same sex discipleship. Yeah. Sorry. I, I knew, sh- no, I knew you were going mm-hmm. there, but I, I'm just kind of throwing that out there as a general disclaimer of no, discipleship I- really must happen amongst the same sex. No, right. Yeah. But no, anyway. I, I agree. No, and that I'm glad you brought that I mean, up. It's, because it's that re- stating the obvious, mm-hmm. but just in case stated, it right? needed to be stated. You are you are very correct. So But so say that again. Yeah, so while you're being open to whom whichever woman, since this is what I'm talking about, is is women. Whoever the women are or woman that the Lord puts in your life for potential discipling or you being discipled. But you have to also be discerning in that the person that you are going to say take on as a disciple is open to that, that they are actively striving to be more Christ-like, to to be biblical, to be reading their scripture. Why? Because it's it's the same premise that you have in biblical counseling where you give a counselee homework. And the whole reason you give a counselee homework is because are they are they in for the long haul? Are they are they dedicated and committed to fixing or dealing with whatever their issue is that you're counseling them on biblically, um, scripturally? And if they are, then they're going to do the homework. If they're not doing the homework, they're not really that committed. And they either just want to talk, you know, and vent, which is not biblical, um, or they just want to hear a, you know, a, a sympathetic ear telling them that, yeah, you're okay and everybody else is awful. I'm using an extreme example, but so that's really what it is, is you, you do still have to be discerning as to Where are they at with the Lord? I mean, like, there you know, are go. they growing in, in the Lord apart from you? I think another related area to that would be, are they going to church? You know, are they mm-hmm. actively part of a church family? Whether it's the, whether you go to the same church or different churches, that's fine. Right. But are they, are they just meeting up with you, but they haven't been to church in a month or two? Well, that tells, you know, that that's a whole nother problem. Absolutely. And so you can't decide, you can't disciple a goat. You can't disciple mm-hmm. a tear. Mm-hmm. You can't disciple an unbeliever. Right. You can't disciple a lukewarm Christian. Mm-hmm. So at some point you either have to lovingly, because it goes back to what you were saying before, confront and rebuke them. Hey, I noticed you haven't been to church or, hey, you know. Uh, what's what's you, going on? Or yeah, or you're giving me every excuse around as to why you're not reading your Bible, right? So there's that. So yeah, that's a that's a good point too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I, th- I was appreciative of of that in in the book. Okay, okay, and two other things are as you're discipling someone and obviously not immediately but you're really preparing that woman to be prepared to disciple somebody else okay passing the baton is what they what they call it in the book and so that that's really good 
And then the the last thing is that um, do not make the woman discipling you an idol. And it's it's something that can be very insidious. It can kind of sneak in there. They they've got a very good chapter on actually how it was a problem with them. And actually, the woman who was doing the discipling had no idea. Um, it uh, actually Barbara was the discipler initially, and Gina was the disciplee, so to speak. And so this was a, an issue with with Gina. And she talks about it and talks about how she worked through that. What really blew me away, and it's actually not even a quote from the authors, it's a quote from John Piper, talks about how, because it's so easy for our heart to create an idol. And again, those of you who are believers who are listening, you know we're not talking about a little statue sitting on your table. We're talking about the stuff that is the Lord has given us that is good, but we have made it the complete focus and like sort of put it on the throne versus the Lord. So that's what we're talking about when we say an idol. John Piper writes of the subtle deceptiveness of heart idolatry. I'm quoting from the book. The greatest enemy of hunger for God is not poison, but apple pie. It is not the banquet of the wicked that dulls our appetite for heaven, but endless nibbling at the table of the world. It's not the X-rated video, but the prime time dribble of triviality we drink in every night. For all the ill that Satan can do when God describes what keeps us from the banquet table of his love, it is a piece of land, a yoke of oxen, and a wife. That's from Luke 14, 18 through 20. The greatest adversary of love to God is not his enemies, but his gifts. And the most deadly appetites are not for the poison of evil, but for the simple pleasures of earth. For when these replace an appetite for God himself, the idolatry is scarcely recognizable and almost incurable. Hmm. That just blew me away, honestly. Right. Because that really is what it is. Sure. You know, it's... It isn't the evil on the, you know, quote unquote mm-hmm. bad side of town or whatever, or what you're. Right. It's the, it's the ordinary mundane little things that, well, I think um, Spurgeon talks about it. He calls it the, the little foxes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's scripture. Actually, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that Song of Solomon or Ecclesiastes? It's either one of those two for sure. It's either Song of Solomon yeah. or Ecclesiastes. Anyway. But, but yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, and there again, you know, uh, the old illustration of a plane flying only has to be off one degree in direction before that degree just gets wider, 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 wider. And then they're, all, they're so far off degree mm-hmm. that uh they're they're you know hopelessly off course kind of thing but excellent excellent illustration because that's very visual hmm. so that's an, yeah that's the overview of the book there are several appendices in the back not several there's three four that counts uh, well let's count that as several let's okay. not let's not argue <laughs> we don't want to biblically it's argue. not a plethora <laughs> 
It's not a multitude. It's not a multitude. No. It's really... Look, I don't want to hijack this, but it's really not even a myriad. <laughs> Certainly not a myriad. That's for that's for sure not no, a myriad. No, but not a myriad. I would classify that as several. But more than a couple. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right, Having said that. <laughs> hey, it's this kind of unity that I so appreciate. This is this is why I hire you as a co-host. Why you hire me? Yeah. I get, paid in, I get paid in cookies. Of folks. all the people I interviewed, <laughs> which was none. Thank you. You, you, were, you were the best. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Anyway, so several any, appendices. There's several appendices. There's one about salvation, um, some worksheets that they uh, are using uh, from Martha Peace, uh, biblically relating to one another, practical help with trials, and then just other resources. So again, the book is Who Needs a Friend When You Can Make a Disciple? And it's by Barbara Enter, just like it sounds, and Gina Weinman. And you can find it out on Amazon or wherever. Uh, But I do recommend it. Uh, There is a joy in, in discipling another woman and being discipled. It's... It's just really a, a good, you, you feel that closeness to the Lord. So I highly recommend it. I recommend the book. I recommend that you look into being a disciple or being discipled. So that's it. Well, that is excellent. Thank you very much. You are very welcome. I'm really glad that you, uh, that you enjoyed the book and that, you know, you learned a, a few things there. Because I find, not I find, but I, I guess maybe I've observed that you do a great job of discipling other women. Oh, well, and thank I, you. I mean that. Um, thank you, you know, very I, much. I've seen you engage a, a number of women over the years and, and do that, that long walk with them through life, and whether it's a particular trial or whatever the thing is, you know, just life. And you do, you know, you're... You're thoughtful about it. I've seen you kind of wrestle and struggle with times you've had to confront. And I've seen you pray uh, for for different women that you've discipled. And uh, so just because you haven't written a book about it, <laughs> you, you do an excellent job of it as well. And well, thank you. I appreciate that very much, so, my love. Yep. Well, um... How about you? How have you, listener, been um, been impacted by someone like who, who's been a mentor, who's been a role model, who's discipled you in your life? Um, and by the way, I mean, obviously, we've been talking about real one-on-one person in the room kind of discipleship, but also there's, I mean, I've been discipled by you know, missionary biographies and there's all kinds of mm-hmm. things like that. So well, and even for you, do you know quite a few people around the world, literally that you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're you know, I've enjoyed discipleship even over technology, over mm-hmm. WhatsApp or whatever. So I've been blessed to, to give and to receive in that regard. So, yeah. Um, anyway, the point once again is the Lord's kindness, the Lord's brilliance, that 
this is all his design. You mm-hmm. know, when he said, I will build my church, we often think about that that rolling sovereignty across the world of, of triumph that is happening, even though we don't see it, mm-hmm. that people are being saved and the Lord is building his church. But this is just as much a part of it. This is, you know, the Holy Spirit works through those times of discipleship to make really both women stronger in Christ, you know, and grow in Christ. So he is building his church over, even over chai latte. Even over chai latte. <laughs> yes, that can be done. Yep. So anyway. Not, not in your world, but that, that is true. it can be in mine. That is true. <laughs> Well, hey, uh, thanks again so much for joining us. Um, by the way, uh, you know, a quick update. Remember we were running that uh, Help Daniel Walk promo uh, about the uh, young man in Uganda coming back and he needed uh, new prosthetic legs because he was growing? Um, well, praise the Lord. Uh, he'll be back in August. Mm-hmm. And we're very excited. So we, we hit our, the Lord provided, hit the monetary goal and got the plane tickets, got everything all worked out. And though he and his dad, uh, Pastor Peter, they'll be flying over from Uganda. And the Lord's providing new prosthetic legs for Daniel. So praise the Lord with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so I just wanted to share that. Yeah. And, um, my brother still needs a kidney, so would appreciate your prayers for that. And the Lord will bring it in his time, wherever mm-hmm. the Lord's plan is. But Joe is... Uh, happy and very happy he is uh just telling everybody about jesus Mm -hmm. and yeah it's been good he's the epitome of joy in the lord Mm -hmm. truly Mm -hmm. is so and may the lord bring you joy this week as well thanks so much for joining us and lord willing we will talk to you next time yes thank you all grace and peace radio is honored to be a member of the christian podcast community and the society of reformed podcasters For more information, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com or on Facebook. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.